0: Hello, and welcome to my very first episode of my podcast, Brain Mike, Growth Mindset, and the Human Experience. Uh, I'm very excited. This is crazy. We're starting off on a big adventure here, and it's a really great opportunity to celebrate. Why? Because you're here with me, and you're a part of the beginning of something awesome. Did I mention that I'm pathologically optimistic? Well, I am, and that is actually a big part of having a growth mindset as well as a positive human experience. But, you know, I'm getting ahead of myself. I'm excited. Um, I want to bring you up to speed. So in this episode, I'm going to be covering a few topics. The, The whole point of this is I really want in this episode for you to walk away understanding what is Brain Mike all about. And as you can see in the title, I call out growth mindset as well as the human experience. And I chose those two topics deliberately for the byline. And throughout this episode, I'll tell you why. You know, being a very people-centric person, you know, I've come to the conclusion that in all walks of life, in all things we do, in every situation, location, vocation, and probably every other shun you can imagine, the world revolves around relationships. And so when I came across the concept uh, of growth mindset, uh, the concept of the human experience, it really, for me, gave a label for the thoughts the actions, the philosophies, the way that I conduct myself through business, personal life, frankly, you know, all the time, it's kind of a a compass for me. And that was kind of the crux, uh, the beginning of why I wanted to bring this all together, form this podcast and share the cool things that I'm learning, uh, the successes that I've seen other people have that I've had. Sometimes I'm, you know, posing questions, Uh, looking forward to you to chime in and participate uh, in this. Down the road, we'll go ahead and talk about how you can offer some feedback, uh, submit questions and whatnot, but that's really down the line. Again, it's just an invitation that I really want to build this community. I don't want to be just the sage on the stage, uh, dictating, sharing this information. I also look forward to, for those of you that are interested in participating, sharing your thoughts, submitting questions, and we can talk about those things. Heck, we may even have people coming on the show. All right, we've been talking about these terms too many times uh, without really getting into uh, the meat of it. So let's go ahead and get started here. What is growth mindset? Well, growth mindset means that you thrive on challenge. Uh, You don't see failure as a way to describe yourself, but really, you know, more as a springboard for growth and developing your abilities, Uh, your intelligence, talents, you know, everything is capable, susceptible to growth. It is not static it's dynamic. You believe with growth mindset that you are capable of improvement. Really, that's, that's it in a nutshell. To go a little deeper down the rabbit hole, we also kind of look at growth mindset versus a fixed mindset, right? To understand one thing, we often also look at the other side, the opposite. Um, so, so again, someone with a growth mindset views the intelligence, abilities, and talents as learnable, uh, capable of improvement through effort uh, key, key concept, in my opinion, there. Um, on the other hand, someone with a fixed mindset views those same traits as inherently stable and unchangeable over time. Example, um, let's say you are an aspiring entrepreneur and you need basic finance skills to create your business's budget and prepare its financial statements. If you have a fixed mindset, you may think, I've never been good with math, let alone financial statements. I'm not cut out to run my own business. How often have you heard someone say something like, I'm not a numbers person or I'm, I'm not a math person, right? Now, imagine you approach the same situation with a growth mindset. You might think, I don't have a background in finance, but I can learn and practice those skills until I feel capable So really, it's that concept that you can improve that really defines that growth mindset. Little history, the concept of growth and fixed mindsets were coined by a psychologist. You probably know the name if you're familiar with growth mindset. If not, it's brand new. Uh, Her name is Carol Dweck, and she was publishing this in 2006, a book called Mindset, The New Psychology of Success. So now you know that I'm not just making up terms that sound cool. Uh, This is an actual thing that you can find helpful, everything from your daily life to your business life. And now let's take a look at the second item, the second topic in the byline, the human experience. So why did I choose this? What is this? You know, very similar to growth mindset. It too encapsulates so much of my personal philosophy that I live by both personally and through business, that it was just too important, it was just too perfect to pass up. Let's go ahead and take a look at what the heck is the human experience? Now, if you're into movies, your first answer is probably going to be, um, hey, it's the 2008 documentary called The Human Experience. You know, the story of a band of brothers who travel the world in search of the answers to the burning questions like, who am I? Who is man? Uh, Why do we search for me? And and so forth. Right. Uh, So, no. (laughs) Um, Close. uh, But that's not really the reason why I, I chose that. However, it's a perfect segue into one of the ways that the human experience I find is so important. And so you know, be patient, I'm gonna share some things and then I'm gonna bring it all together, I promise, tying in this concept, all right? So when we take a look at the human experience, there's really kind of three pillars that can be used to define and, and examine the human experience. And I'm gonna save the business approach for last, The first approach I would point out is literature, right? So what defines a piece of writing as great literature? Well, one of the elements that sets literature apart from writing purely for the purpose of, you know, entertainment or escapism is the commentary on the human condition. So you'll hear that term a lot, right? The human condition, the human experience, they're similar, but they're different. The human experience in literature contains themes about life and society that are relatable to readers. And that's a really key thing to focus in on, because if you have these themes about life, about society, about people, it's relatable to the readers. That's because what they're seeing, that experience in humanity, they're relating to it. That means they can associate. If you can associate, you can empathize. You can relate it to your own life. You can learn from it it's almost like you're watching a bunch of experiments. What did this character do? What did that character do? How can I take the lessons learned there and apply them to my life in real life? Now I'm getting pretty excited. I kind of geek out on this stuff, so bear with me. The second pillar that we can utilize to look at the human experience is psychology or, or through psychology. And the way they approach it or the way psychology approaches it is that the human experience is a term for the realities of human existence, including the mental, emotional, spiritual, and, and physical characteristics of human life. In fact, some have gone as far as giving, breaking it down into 47 different examples uh, of what that human experience is. And and no, don't worry, I'm not gonna go into listing all 47 of those. Um, But they're out there if you want to go ahead and search for it. But I do want to share with you a a great article that kind of sums up, you know, psychology's view of the human experience. Uh, It's by Robert Firestone. He's a Ph.D. And what he shares about the human experience from a psychological perspective is that human beings, unlike other species, right, Uh, like cats and dogs and horses, cows and whatnot, you know, human beings are cursed with a conscious awareness of their own mortality. Now, this is his words. He believes that the tragedy of the human condition is that people's awareness and true self-consciousness concerning this existential issue contributes to an ultimate irony. And that irony is that human beings are both brilliant and aberrant, sensitive and savage, exquisitely caring, and painfully indifferent. So you see these either ends of the spectrum right remarkably creative and incredibly destructive to self and others the capacity to imagine and conceptualize has negative as well as positive consequences because they predispose anxiety states that culminate in a defensive form of denial now i'm just sharing that piece as just a baseline i'm not going to go down a psychological road and, and have a dissertation on that I just wanted to have that as a foundation, as the second pillar of the human experience. And it's all going to make sense at the end, because really what I'm taking out of that piece, the psychological piece, the psychology piece, if you will, is that there are the positives and negatives of the human experience. They listed out some examples. When we look back at the growth mindset, there's the open mind, the closed mind, right? the dynamic changing the static unchanging the third piece i want to take a look at for the human experience is the business aspect and for most of the audience i imagine could be wrong um, but most of us we're really looking at the human experience from a traditional business lens and when i say traditional the human experience the concept of that vertical has not been around for a long time. Now, the experts may disagree, it may vary, but from my understanding and my research, from what I come across, really the human experience, and again, we're talking about the business pillar, the third pillar, as we examine the human experience. And this is where we're gonna spend most of the time because this is really where the application uh, of the learnings, the philosophy, the ideas behind human experience uh, can be applied. So, this really came about really. i hate to hate to be cliche, but it's really the the covid the covid nineteen era um so looking at circa twenty twenty uh, is when human experience came out and from a business perspective, it's often abbreviated as h x so i'm going to want to go ahead and take the time of talking about what is a human experience and then rounding it out with, you know, so, so what, right? Why, why am I bringing it up? Why is it such a big deal to me? And how, you know, how do I think it's going to benefit others? So a great place to start uh, might be with the Brandon Agency. Uh, they had a, a nice article uh, that kind of spoke to me and it's a great place to start where they're talking about HX being a new marketing model for the new normal. And we've heard that a lot, right? The new normal, it's that post-COVID um, environment, right? So really the HX, the human experience, it's, it's arrived to replace CX. And of course, we're familiar with CX being the abbreviation for customer experience. Now, this concept is really what ting—you know really excites me. I, I feel tingly just thinking about it. Uh, if you're a proponent for the customer, this, this is really gonna speak to you. Um, customer experience, it's almost a given, right? Um, this is something that, you know, it identifies you, it, it delivers satisfying transaction. It, it, intercepts people, um, with reasons to believe and ways to buy, right? Um, as they're, as they're interacting with the brand, um, it, but the human experience, right? How do people interact with the brand? It goes further. So instead of just identifying you, it understands you. The human experience allows it, you know, enables a more fulfilling life. Uh, it provides a continuum of engagement that improves people's lives. Uh, I'm going to oversimplify it and say that, you know, HX is really, it includes everything that customer experience offers, but it goes further. It, in, it includes the employee experience. It includes every single experience It takes into consideration every single person, third-party vendors, anyone on the supply chain line that comes in contact with this brand service product, right? And it looks at it holistically. And I think that's really key. No more of the silo approach. And I really love the idea of HX because You know, really, it's it's that holistic uh, uh, human experience. Uh, Every human that's involved, it's elevating the human experience. It's showing up with and I love this word. Right. Uh, And it should be more than just a word is the empathy to create powerful experiences so that people feel seen, valued, valued and heard. And I know that on one end, it sounds so touchy feely. It's, you know, that's a great Hallmark commercial, but if you really step back and look at this and think about where we are investing in business, where we should be investing in business if it's not already being done is really the people, because honestly, think about it. You have your internal customer, you have your external customer, and I'm going to oversimplify this. So (laughs) Honestly, I would argue that you know they're they're both equally important. And then some would say, "Oh, but the uh, external customer—they're the one that's actually paying the bills and are buying the services." Yeah, but who is helping the machine continue to move forward? Who's helping the needle to move? Who is there? for the external customer. So it's kind of chicken or the egg. I'm not gonna get into who's more important. I'm gonna actually lean towards the internal customer, but you didn't hear it from me um, because we've got to take care of our team members. We have to take care of our organization because the stronger we are as a work family, the more equipped, the more positivity we are rolling forward as we interact, <coughs> excuse me, interact. I'm getting all teary-eyed. I'm just kidding. I'm not. Um, but we, the more uh, prepared we are and the better prepared we are to interact with the customer with, again, that human side of empathy. All right. So I'm going to go ahead and round this thing out, right, with a quick summary of the human experience, and then we're going to wrap up everything uh, you know, together here. So really the big aha is that the human experience... You know, we talked about pillar one, which is within literature and two, psychology and they are small pieces. Right. To round it out. But really, we're focused on the business side of things. And really, you know, with human experience, you have this kind of Venn diagram mentality of the workforce, a.k.a. the organization, the internal customer. And it's any human who works at an organization internally, including equity powers or or uh, full time employees, part time. Uh, any other alternative uh, work models that you may have right you're you're meshing with on this Venn diagram the customer the external customer and they're any human who is buying or using a product or a service uh, from that organization and then the third circle in that Venn diagram that's kind of dovetailing and meshing together is, is the partner and that's any human who works with an organization externally including vendors and contractors and really you have this trifecta and where that those three come together and, and again, that Venn diag- I can't even speak. that Venn diagram literally uh, comes together and, and overlaps. That is the sweet spot where the human experience is focused, and that's what we're talking about. And that's really the part that, in my opinion, is where organizations, where business needs to focus, it's the new thing, not just to be in vogue. Uh, I truly believe this is where, We need to be putting the most effort and and that's where my philosophies and my styles both in work out of work uh, lie. It just only seems natural. It seems only common sense and really these HX principles. um, You know you cannot elevate people's experiences generically right or on average everyone's different. But we have to approach this in some way right we have to roll this out. Um, We elevate people's experiences by understanding something specific about their lived experience, right? What are these folks going through? And again, I'm speaking so broadly because this is whatever exp- uh, service, whatever product, whatever it is that you're offering your particular customer through your particular organization, right? You have to apply it uh, within your own mind, right? Um, and, and so there are some principles though, that you can really kind of overlay to help guide you in understanding and applying uh, you know, HX, right? To your, to yourself, and to your daily life. So, first of all, the first one would be, you know, start with the human needs. So, number one, <laughs> what matters most to the humans involved? What are their stories and diverse life experiences? Now, you can go as nitty gritty as you want, but obviously, um, you know, you're going to take it to the appropriate elevation. You know, what bird's eye level are we talking about? It's, it's very similar, possibly. Uh, For those of us that are interpreting it as maybe a go to market and we're looking at it from, you know, what persona of that target audience uh, are we talking about uh, as an example uh, of one interpretation. Number two, ask why, before what and how. Let me let me let me really say that again, because that's kind of tongue twister. Before you do anything with your questions. The first one would be ask why. Then you can ask the what's and the house. So when it comes to approaching problems, you approach them with curiosity, right? Cause you want to have a, a, a learn a mind of learning and openness, D- dare I say, growth mindset, uh, openness. Um, so you approach problems with curiosity and that will ensure your solutions are thoughtfully created. Don't be in a rush to check a box. It's very much similar to the sales model, right? You cannot offer a solution until you completely understand the need, right? So enough said on number two. Um, Number three, lead with empathy. So there's that word again. Um, I don't think there's too much of it. So 80% of our decisions are based on emotion. I mean, we're human beings. It is what it is, guys, right? Right. I don't think it's negative. I don't think it's positive. Uh, It is what it is. And we must demonstrate EQ, right? Instead of an IQ, it's our EQ, it's our emotional intelligence. As much as our IQ, kindness helps. I really want us to just take a moment to let that sink in. You know, if we're leading with empathy, right, if we're approaching people the right way, We're already ahead of the game. If we're realizing that our decisions and when I say our, I mean, this side of the desk, that side of the desk, this side of the counter, that side of the counter. If we know that we're emotionally driven human beings, right. Then we need to use that to our benefit by understanding, having that empathy and then really balancing having that ability to read the room. Right. You have the EQ that is backed up by the IQ. And that's really where I feel um, the, the biggest bang for your buck comes in because you can be the most intelligent, you know uh, you can be like a computer and know every single answer. But if you don't have the EQ to balance it out, how far are you going to get as you're helping your, your customer, your team member, et cetera. You have to meet the emotional need. Um, Along with your your specific hard skill, your IQ. And again, kindness helps. Uh, the fourth item, right? The fourth principle, design with instead of for. I, I I know that you don't see this in writing, so let me go ahead and say it more clearly. The concept is let's design with versus let's in in let's design for them, right? So what does that mean? It means co-creating with the communities who will be consuming the experience ensures we reflect their unique circumstances and needs. So, here's the great news, right? And in former lives and in in, in former verticals and whatnot, I don't really see anything new being created per se, right? We don't invent fire, we don't, you know, the, the light bulb or you know whatever. It, it, they're they're just um, improvements. On something from from prior very rarely is something brand new and so here's the good news right another example that you've probably been using uh, for number four isn't it true when we're doing um, alpha testing don't don't we interview our our team members who are trying that out trying out that product or whatnot In 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 my mental example right Uh, when we go to beta testing aren't we interviewing customers aren't we taking user experience feedback aren't, we kind of going in a circle where it is, you know, the apply, right? Reflect. Uh, we go back and uh, redesign. Uh, then we apply. And then we again reflect, right? And that reflection comes from those interviews, right? So I think it's very important that we continue to do that. And we just do so with a lot more of that design with mentality, not only when we're just interviewing a customer during a beta, it needs to be a lot more widespread and by in the end it'll feel very customized for that customer and that's again a better human experience Um, we have three more left and let me just go ahead and wrap this up by saying number five is change the world and do it again okay sounds pretty lofty what are they saying here so really the fifth principle of human experience is experiences can be transformative human context is ever-changing and so to the bar for what is a great experience. You know, uh, I'm no authority, but if, you know, I, I happen to have the mic, I have the conch. So I'll share with you that really what this means is, again, if you read into it, we're all different. Every experience is different. Every situation is different. Sure, we're gonna have a baseline, of course, and we should. But change the world and do it again, meaning so have that transformative experience. Awesome, well done, high five today, right? But now the next time a situation occurs, the context has changed again, right? Whether it's a different person you're interacting with, maybe it's a new product, maybe the the product has been enhanced. Pick your example. The point is now the situation has changed somewhat. So now you need to adapt, right? Be agile and then go ahead and aim for that transformative experience again. The sixth one is put equity at the center. And... I, mean, I don't know. I mean, it seems pretty, pretty straightforward, right? Put equity at the center. I mean, think about that. Equity at the center. Elevating the human experience means designing for individual humans through accessibility, particularly through the historically marginalized, uh, the disabled. So you can go down that rabbit hole as deep as you want. I'm just going to keep it very um, agnostic and just say, basically, again, equity at the center. So that just means... Everybody has the same opportunity to access, right? Like, um, okay, you want to go to a doorway and it's elevated off of the street, right? To put equity at the center, we have stairs. We may have an elevator. We may have a ramp. We have the guardrails to assist. It's almost like really whatever it is that we're developing, we're allowing every single person the opportunity, equity, right? Uh, A level playing field to access from A to Z. So really that's what I'm talking about uh, in this sixth principle. The seventh item, and this is the last one, the last principle for the, the human experience. Number seven is embrace productive discomfort. And, and this, I don't wanna say it's my favorite, but it's really something if you really wanna take it apart and think about it. If you're you know managing tensions between the way things are done, and the way systems need to change is uncomfortable. So first of all, I haven't met anyone who says, "No, I love change. That's fantastic. Um, can we just change things very often?" You know, I'm obviously being, you know, trying to be funny here, uh, in the sense that of course we haven't. I've not met anyone out there, and, and I don't know if you have. Change is hard. Although all, most of us do appreciate change and we enjoy change, but it's subjective to what that means. The bottom line is, though, and what we can all agree upon, is that this is really speaking to, again, not something brand new. We've heard about change management. That's its own thing. And that's really where change management will come into play here in number seven, which is embrace productive discomfort. Basically, again, I mean, really, it's just change management is the answer, but it's just the fact that things do need to be updated. They need to be changed, revamped, use whatever synonym you want, right? Understand that it is gonna be uncomfortable. And I think that key statement to be pulled out is really if you're understanding that change is uncomfortable, then you're empathetic to your, whether it's the customers going through the change, right, new process, the internal team members have to go through, you know, or they're using a new process, whatever that change is, be empathetic to understanding that it is uncomfortable for those involved. And that is that seventh principle to the human experience. So really these. So we talked about, you know, gosh, you know, you know, welcome to the podcast and you can see I'm just going on. I just can totally geek out on this stuff. I love it. I love doing this stuff at work, regardless of the organization, regardless of the role. Tell me I'm wrong. You can apply these concepts of growth mindset. You can apply these concepts, you know, go to a higher altitude if you need to. And I guarantee it'll apply. You can use these human experience concepts, these thought processes, and it's going to help your organization. It's going to help your role. It's going to help your career. It's going to help your customer. It's going to help everyone involved in it. And you know what? Step outside of work. In my heart, I feel these concepts, if you pull up high enough and a high enough altitude, bird's eye view, these things can be done in the home, on your team, your softball team on the weekend, whatever it is that you're doing, your parenting, your coaching, your volunteering, you know, if you and I said this at the very beginning, everything revolves around relationships, whether it's brief on an elevator and you're being kind to someone, empathetic, considerate and you're with them for 60 seconds or it's someone you've been working with for, for a decade um, and pick your example. The point is all of these things, I guarantee in my heart, they've done it for me. I've seen it done for others, but these concepts have assisted other people to be successful no matter what they're doing. I'm just saying here within this podcast, welcome aboard. If this sort of thing is cool, where you want to go ahead and learn more about this, not these specific two topics as in a black and white, but anything that is human experience. That's what I love about this this umbrella. It is so wide. We can talk about so many different things. That's what I'm going to focus on. Of course, I'll Go ahead and label the titles so that you know what you're getting into uh, specifically uh, for those. But really, I want to focus initially. I'm really focusing on things that are going to help you within business. I want to stir up some conversations. And, and frankly, I don't know everything. And that's one of my superpowers. Is I absolutely will admit it. Um, I'm constantly learning. I'm constantly reflecting and trying to tweak things to make them Better. I'm trying to get better at things at all the time. So I need you guys to help me get there. When you find something uh, interesting to share, you have questions that you want to explore. I'm happy to take it all in and we'll go ahead and uh, chase that down the rabbit hole. But again, I'm going to go ahead and, and say thank you very much for joining me. You guys are a part of history. This is literally season one, episode one. Uh, really just what the heck is this title about? What is this podcast about? Who is this guy who I guess now that I'm thinking about it, haven't introduced myself. I'm Ned Walker. Um, Welcome aboard. (laughs) Um, But again, this is just your way to kind of get to know me and and, uh, what my thoughts are on some of these things. And I look forward to sharing with you the things that I've learned and the stories that other uh, folks have shared with me and how we are applying them to our daily lives. And lastly, I'm going to leave this with you. Just remember, if there's anything I can do to assist you, please do not hesitate to reach out because remember, we're all in it together.